The following is a presentation of WYM, Westminster Youth Ministry. Can we know God? How do we even begin to think about how we can know and understand a God who is infinite and powerful? While there will always be things about God that are mysterious and difficult to comprehend, He has, by His grace, given us a way to learn about Him and to know Him. He does this through the person and work of Jesus and through His scriptures. In this series called God Is, we will be looking at the attributes of God. Each week, we will be focusing on a part of who God is and how that relates and applies to us. We hope you enjoy. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this evening. I ask that you would please be with us as we study your word, as we look at who you are, and help us to leave here better because we've spent time in your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want you to think about the people that you love the most, the ones that are closest to you in life. You hopefully know them well. You know them well because you spent time with them. You know their strengths. You know their weaknesses. You know the things that make them tick. You know the things that make them happy, right? And over time, we understand people better because we learn how they operate as an individual. And we do this through relationship. So how can we begin to think about knowing God and knowing who He is? It isn't like we buy tickets to a movie or a football game and spend hours getting to know Him the same way that we would a friend or a spouse Knowing God seems like this impossible task because He's God and we are human, right? And He's this big, powerful God and we are just creatures. How can we know a God that is so big? But we're in relationship with Him. And by His grace, He actually gives us the means to be able to learn how to grow in knowledge of Him. And while we may never understand and know every single thing about Him, We can, in fact, know Him. And we do this through His Word. So tonight I want us to see that God reveals Himself through the Scriptures. God reveals Himself through the Scriptures. I want us to start by looking at how this knowledge was first corrupted. How Ab and Eve, they were made in relationship with God and because of sin that knowledge, that ability to know God has been corrupted. And then I want to look at how that knowledge is being redeemed through the work of Jesus. So I want us to start by looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 20. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have been have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice in every kind of impurity, but that is not the way that you learned Christ. See, Adam failed to follow God. See, instead of growing in knowledge and understanding of God through relationship, He sought to try and get knowledge and understanding through instant gratification. This is why Adam and Eve took of the fruit. If you remember, in Genesis 3, 4, But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. 
For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Since then, our minds, bodies, and souls have been corrupted by sin. So when Paul writes to the Ephesian church here, he mentions that the Gentiles, how does he describe them? He describes them as darkened, alienated, they're ignorant, they're hardened in their hearts. Now, this doesn't mean that they have zero knowledge of God, but what it does mean is that their understanding of who God is or their acknowledgement of who God is, it's corrupted. They're thinking for themselves, not for God. We also see this in Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18, when Paul says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Through looking at the world, there is this inherent understanding of God through creation. And this inherent knowledge is suppressed, as we see here. Naturally, we want to be our own little gods. We like to control, so naturally we want to know better. Because of this, we're going to seek the wisdom of the world and of ourselves. And the result of this, according to verse 21, is that people become futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts are darkened. And they take the knowledge of that good, powerful God who created the world... It makes him not necessary, and therefore, as we see in verse 22, they exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. So what happens when we do that? If you look at verse 24 and in verse 28, it says that God gave them up to the lusts of their hearts and that he gives them over to a debased mind. And please know that this isn't God saying, well, you've sinned, so just go mess up even more. That's not what he's saying here. This is God looking at individuals who are so wrapped up in themselves that they have pushed away from the idea of God so much that they have no desire and no knowledge of understanding of God. Nor do they want to. They want the things of this world. They want to be in control. So God gives them over to this futile thinking because they have no desire to know him. And this is a scary thing because it means that there could be someone who is completely kind, compassionate, humane, enjoyable to be around, yet hates or disregards that there is a God who wants to know them and wants to be known. And that person is not going to be in relationship with God. Even though they may be a nice person, Because they are pursuing the world and denying that there is a God, they are not in relationship with Him. See, the obstacle that we face in knowing and understanding God is that we are tainted by sin and we approach the idea of knowing Him with this inherent desire to make Him into what we want Him to be 
or to dismiss him all together. And this is an obstacle that we have to traverse. And we can't traverse it on our own. And thankfully, he gives us exactly what we need to do this through the scriptures in the Old and New Testaments. Through this, we can learn about God and understand our purpose here on earth. Writer J.I. Packer says, What makes life worthwhile is having a big enough objective, something which catches our imagination and lays hold of our allegiance. And this the Christian has in a way that no other person has. For what higher, more exhausted, or more compelling goal can there be than to know God? That purpose can only be seen and understood through redemption. So our knowledge has been corrupted because of sin, but through the grace of the Holy Spirit and by the work of Jesus, it gets redeemed. The scriptures are our starting point. They teach us that we can move away from this dismissal of God, a claim that God is unknowable or that God should conform into our understanding, towards a framework that says God knows everything and He is the standard for knowledge. For by the grace of God, through the Holy Spirit, we are helped to understand the ways of God. Not completely, because we're still tainted by sin, but we can begin to understand. Paul spoke of how we're given over to a debased mind in Romans 1.28. But the Holy Spirit, when he's doing this work, he's actually rewiring and renewing. He's unraveling the chaos. He's unraveling the corruption and helping us to truly understand who God is. See, we serve a God who is transcendent and imminent. Two big words for tonight. Transcendent. This means that God is above us and only He can know Himself comprehensively. This means that we, as human beings, finite, we can never know Him comprehensively. See, understanding God is transcendent actually helps us to avoid the mistake of trying to fit God into what we want Him to be or fit Him into a box. He's bigger than that. And we have to recognize Him as being bigger than that. Which is part of our mistake when we think that we can't know God is because we think, oh, well, He's just too big. How can we know Him? And that, yes, there is some truth in that. But He's also something that we call imminent. God makes Himself known by drawing close to us. And he does this through Jesus and the scriptures that point us towards Jesus. In fact, when Isaiah speaks of the coming Messiah, he calls him Emmanuel. In Isaiah 8.8 and 8.10, which means God with us. To understand God both as transcendent and imminent requires us to step back from ourselves and approach him in humility. This is how we are to know God, is by humbling ourselves and saying, God, you are big, but I also know that you love me. Help me to know you more. Help me to understand you. Help me to grow in my understanding of you. Theologian Vern Poitras writes this, To humble ourselves before God implies humbling ourselves to receive his revelation for what it is, fully trustworthy, fully true, and expressing faithfully not only who God is, but how he relates to us. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2, the Apostle Paul writes, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. 
Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then also you will appear with Him in glory. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that are taught in the Scriptures help us to submit ourselves to God humbly and to seek to be in relationship with Him. And the beautiful thing is, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2.12 that under that relationship, he gives that knowledge to us freely. And we're to use that knowledge to pursue God even more. Meaning that when we desire to know God and we look to His Scriptures to understand Him more, that's going to produce more of a desire for us to know God and to pursue His Scriptures. It's this cyclical thing that grows and grows and grows. It's a beautiful thing. Because knowing God is of the utmost importance to us. Samuel Langhorn Clemens, he wrote under the pen name Mark Twain. He made this triumphal tour through Europe where he was honored by great universities and kings and professors and politicians and all these people. And his daughter said to him, Daddy, I guess pretty soon you'll know everybody except for God. Which is kind of a, a curious little thought from a, from a little girl, right? Saying, you know all these kings. You're, you're interacting with all these people. You have all these accolades and you have all this attention and you have all this knowledge, but you don't know God. If my daughter said that to me, I, I would... First off, say that that's pretty profound, right? But it's also something to think about. The truth is, it doesn't matter who you know or how much you know. Ultimately, knowing God is the only relationship that matters for eternity. We can spend our whole lives pursuing knowledge and understanding. And this is good. I don't want you to think I'm, I'm not telling us to to go pursue knowledge. Education is hugely important. However, putting it all in perspective is key. Jesus asks this question in Matthew 16:26. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What profit is it for us to seek and to gain knowledge apart from the giver of all knowledge? And what good is it to us to seek knowledge apart from the ways that God has given to us in order to help us to even begin to understand Him? As we've already said in this lesson, the Scriptures help us to truly know God. They help us to not put God into a box. They help us not to suppress the truth as we naturally would do so apart from His grace. God makes himself known. And that is something that we should be ever so thankful for. We don't serve a God who wants to sit in a corner and be left alone. We serve a God that wants to make himself known to us. And in response to this, we can worship him for loving us so much that he didn't want to leave us in our sin. But rather, he gives himself to us freely. And we get to enter into that knowledge. 
This isn't a knowledge that comes from within. It's not some secret that we have to come to from within ourselves or from the world. But rather, it is knowledge that comes directly from the source, directly from Him. So can we know God? Yes, we can. And what we're going to do this semester is we're going to take one specific attribute, one characteristic, one trait of God for the next 12 or so weeks. We're going to unpack what that means and how it applies to us. There are so many beautiful attributes of God, and we get the honor and privilege of studying those together this semester. So for tonight, we're just going to look at how can we know God. We're going to unpack this a little bit in our small groups, but before we do that, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the ways that you love us, for the ways that you know us, for the ways that you make yourself known to us, Lord, and we thank you that we can go to your scriptures and learn about you. Pray that you would be with us as we spend some time together unpacking the truths of your word. Help us to know you better because we're spending time together pursuing you, Lord. And I pray for each individual in this room that you would bless them, help us again to leave better than we came because we spent time in your word. I pray all this in Christ's holy and wonderful name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope this has been helpful for you. Please keep an eye out for more audio upcoming from WYM.